Hey everyone, welcome to When Faith Meets Therapy. I'm Anthony Evans. And I'm Stacy Kaiser. And we are so excited to be able to bring you this podcast series based on our book, When Faith Meets Therapy. Let me formally introduce you to Stacy Kaiser, who is a very well-known, very successful licensed psychotherapist here in the Los Angeles area. And she happens to be my personal therapist. As I was pursuing hope and my practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing, Stacy has been my therapist along the way, and I wanted to be able to share her with all of you. Now, one thing that I need to let all of you know is that a therapeutic relationship is a confidential relationship. So I'm not usually on a podcast or in a book talking about my clients. As a matter of fact, if I run into them, we typically have some sort of an arrangement where I don't tell anyone that I'm their therapist. The reason that Anthony is here is because Anthony has waived his confidentiality to share all of this with all of you. But what you will notice as you're listening is that Anthony will be sharing his story. I won't be sharing his story. Absolutely. And tell him one one last important thing before we dive into today's episode, Stacey. Yes. It's important for everyone to know that this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the guidance of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about any condition that you might have. Now, if you are in a crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you are having a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts, there is a new hotline, much like we dial 911, dial 988. That's 988, and you will get to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you are located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. Let's get into today's episode. I think today we should talk about relationships. Let's go, Stacey Kaiser. (laughs) There is a saying that says oftentimes people come to therapy to deal with the people in their lives that don't go to therapy. Oof. So maybe you're fine. (laughs) Maybe you're okay. Your mental health on its own is okay. And maybe you are struggling with relationships with a family member or a loved one or an intimate partner or a best friend or a colleague. Those are really great reasons to go to therapy. I I agree with you, Stacey. And you, I'm, I'm saying it that way because you're just so right. A lot of, I'm not saying that I'm I'm good and relationships of mine aren't, but a lot of what, what brought me to you was actually me not doing well because of people not obviously I don't want to make it sound like it was people's fault because I had um I just had issues of of doing doing too much but yeah you're right my, I'm I'm trying to figure out how do I say all this without which is I love protecting the people in my life but I'm yeah my, my brain my heart you've had some challenging friends yes yeah that, that's the bottom line who I love so deeply and who I want to be so close to and, and want to make everything work out but at the same time it's like I also got to be okay on the inside. And yeah, I just believe that protecting your peace as related to your relationships, it can be hard at times. It can yeah. be hard at times. But uh, chapter 12 of our book, the, the opening verse talks about guarding your heart because it's a source, of, a source of life. And a lot of times relationships, if you have an unguarded heart and the relationship is not 
good for you, then your heart's messed up. And so if your heart's a source of life, then your life gets messed up. So where do we even start as we talk about relationships, Stacey? I know, because this could be like 27 episodes. (laughs) Yeah, literally. I mean, literally, literally, when I put up, sometimes on my Instagram, I'll put up something like, I'm taking your questions today. Mm -hmm. And I would say that 75 to 80% of them are people dealing with relational issues. Absolutely. So I think the first thing that we should talk about is maybe the segue of faith and therapy when it comes to relationships. Like, a lot of people tell me that, um, that their faith, the faith says, you know, you should just like love everyone and forgive everyone. Turn Maybe. the other cheek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I sometimes mean, it isn't easy when someone's really difficult. Yeah. I don't necessarily think turning the other cheek. It, um, I, I think that there's a point where you can, you can change your proximity, which is what you talked to me about. At one point, um, because I'm a performer, because I'm on stage a lot. And I think it was right around when I did the Hollywood Bowl with that Beauty and the Beast of the Hollywood Bowl. Stacy said, she used this as an example. She said, Anthony, if there was somebody in the front row of the Hollywood Bowl while you're standing on stage in front of 18,000 people, you have somebody on the front row who's being disruptive um, and pulling you out of the character of Beast, what would happen to that person on the front row pulling you out of character? I'd be like, well, probably somebody would tell them to be quiet. And then she said, what would happen if they weren't quiet? Uh, they'd probably get a second warning or they'd get, no, they'd get moved at that point. They'd probably get moved. Great. And what happens if you move them to the back and they're still making noise in the back? I was like, they'd get put out. Stacy said, yeah, that's what happens in your life when somebody you've given a front row seat to makes too much noise and starts pulling you out of the character that God wants you to have, pulling you out of your God-given character. You ask them to, to adjust. If they don't adjust, then you have to start moving them in the room are moving them in in the room of your life so that you don't get pulled out of character. And that made so much sense to me. It was very hard for me though, because I thought, what if I move them out of the front row in my life and nobody wants that seat? There was an insecurity in me that thought, I give the front row seats to whoever because nobody would want to sit there. There's like, I have value issues, y'all. I have value issues from childhood where I can, we can talk about those later. Y'all didn't ask all, all about that, but some, I know somebody listening is like, what is the issue though? They, they, people be in your stuff. Give us the tea. Yeah, they be, they, they be wanting to know. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So I have value issues, which I'll get to. But what I realized is that when I nicely, I mean, it's nicely, it's having the conversation of, hey, I, 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 until you can be quiet, until you cannot pull me out of character, you can't sit in the front row. When I moved that person out of the front row, it, there has always been somebody who wanted that seat so bad and wants to see me in character and doesn't want to do anything but support me playing the role that God wants me to play uninterrupted and vice versa in their lives. I go sit in the front row. They're like, there's been this reciprocal, there's been relationships that have dropped in since I cleared out the noisemakers and I have experienced so much peace with, with, those, with those people, but they can't come sit on the person, dis, the disruptive person's lap in the front row. The seat has to be cleared. And um, when I started doing that, um, a lot of the things that I came to you to talk about initially um, got, got resolved when I b- believed in, in kind of clearing, re- repositioning people in, in the room. And it doesn't have to be nasty. It's just when you start doing that, peace can be accompanied by that. Right. Because one of the things that we all have to be aware of is relationships require time and energy. And if you're putting time and energy into somebody who is causing problems in your life, then you are draining yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you want to move them to an area of your life where they don't get as much 
time and energy. So that might not be outside of the stadium if right. we're sticking with the concert you know, metaphor or the show metaphor. It might be that they get moved to the mezzanine or the back. But I think all of you need to take a moment and really evaluate the relationships in your life and ask yourself, who am I giving time and energy to and do they deserve that? And that applies to family members, too. So, yeah, those are people that you necessarily aren't going to, you know, kick out of the stadium. But but the other thing you can do is always have buffers around. If you have a difficult relative, (laughs) there's nothing better than inviting a bunch more other family members or friends so that you can kind of water down their impact. Right. Right. And you've also told me something very important, man, so so many different things Um, as related to an issue that I was dealing with. Y'all be all are going to always hear me pause because I am so protective of my friends and my family. And I don't want to accidentally say something that that makes them, even if they're listening, I don't want them to feel like, wait a minute, he's talking about me. Because I love, I love my friends and family so much. But you taught me the art of being a spectator, of staying in the stands because my heart can be wildly engaged, like getting on the getting too involved in everything and being stirred up constantly. You've taught me the art of Anthony, don't set up parameters in your life that allow you to stay in the stands as a spectator. You haven't left their life, but you're not so involved that you're getting hit by the impact of things that are happening in their life. And it takes repositioning. It is hard. It's not fun sometimes because I'm like, no, I want to be down here playing. I want to help them win. And it's like, no, you get in the stands because you are not in a position to, you being on the field is one, not helping them win. It's not at all helping them. And it's injuring you by, by trying to interfere with, with their life. So that, that was one huge thing that you taught me um, as, as it relates to getting your health, getting my health back is learning how to be a spectator in, in relationships that I'm too involved in. Like, I think that that's great. And, and I think we should just take a minute to talk about toxic people, like truly toxic people. Mm-hmm. If you have some of those people in your life, it's not your fault. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times people will say like, why did I draw that to me? Or why do I have three cousins? Okay, not you, Anthony. I'm right. not talking about your cousins. Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah. Why do I have three cousins that are toxic? It's because there are toxic people everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I want everyone to know that. But what we can look at is what is our role in enabling them to be toxic, giving them close proximity so that they can continue to hurt us. Um, not standing up for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what I want to say, and this is probably like my highlight statement for this portion of the podcast, is when it comes to relationships, you must communicate. You need to tell the people who are in your life how you are feeling. If you find that they aren't listening or don't care or you have to repeat what you are feeling over and over and over again, yeah. that is a red flag. Yes. And you, what you, what do you say about red flags? You say from a distance, a fistful of red flags can look like a lot, can look a lot like roses. That's what you say. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think sometimes I, Anthony and his, and his um, uh, sometimes unhealthy way of doing, of doing too much, I look at red flags and I'm like, no, nah, that's a rose. That's got to be a rose. And let me get closer. No, nah, it's a red flag. No, nah, it's got to be a rose. Let me get closer. And, and I think I can make this into something be- like that kind of vibe. And it's like, no, that's not your job. Your job is not to keep pushing in. And another thing that you taught me, um, I don't want to move on if you if you had something else to say about that. Do you have anything? No, I, yeah. Let me just add this. Okay. I want to add that compassionate, caring people <clears throat> Compassionate, caring people do attract 
toxic, difficult people because we're the ones that see the diamond in the rough. Ugh. We're like, oh, they're yelling at me. They they cheated on me. They're jealous of me. They don't support me, but they're such a good person on the inside. Oof. We need to watch out for that. Yeah, because Stacy says to me about diamonds in the rough, she says, Anthony, what does it take to get a actual literal diamond out of the rough? I'm like, what are you talking about, Stacy? She said, what does it take to get a diamond out of the rough, Anthony? I don't know. Like, what do you? What does it take? It takes explosions to get diamonds out of the rough, period. Like when they are mining for diamonds, it takes explosions to get them out of the rough. So what's going to happen to you, Anthony, if you're too close? When the, Even if there's a diamond in there, what's going to happen with to you if you're too close? You're going to get burned if you're too close, even if there's a diamond in there. So you've taught me about proximity, being a great support, supportive as much as you can, but you have to do that at a certain proximity to where you don't get burned when things have to happen in the diamond's life to get them out of the rough. Correct. And let's take a one more second and talk about people who are diamond in the rough. How does a person get better? They work on themselves. Yeah. And so if they're not working on themselves, then they're not going to get better. Exactly. And then you're going to be the one who ends up in therapy and they're just going to be out there making your life miserable. Yeah. Which. Very good. Period. I'm not going to say anything else <laughs> after that. There's nothing else. That needs to, there's nothing else that needs to be said. And um, it's, it's so hard, y'all. I don't like to reposition people. I don't know if it's pride. I don't know what it is. I like to really go, like, I can see, I know that you can, we, this can be great. And I love to just push and, and, and I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's pride. I don't know what it is that makes me keep, 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 keep pushing. But, um, but I think some of it is that your faith and your family have taught you to see the good in people, right? And I think that that's a wonderful quality. We all should see the good in people, but not while they're hurting us. Then we have to see the bad too. Stacey, can you believe that it has been over five years since we met? I can't believe it's been five years. And five years ago, I never thought that you and I would be sitting in a room doing a podcast called When Faith Meets Therapy. And I really want to thank you because I think you're helping a lot of people. The stigma with therapy is real. And what we want people to know is that you can hold on to your faith and you can also work on yourself in a therapeutic process and environment. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They don't, but I'm excited that we we are able to do this together to help people break out of cycles that are detrimental to them. Um, doing the work is not a sign of weakness. A lot of us think that therapy means that we're weak in our faith, and that is not the case at all. It's about helping you get a clear path to find healing. And we're hoping that this book helps you break through. I'm hoping that all of you will see that Anthony and I tried to share both of our perspectives. Anthony as a worship leader, artist, and producer, and me as a therapist. It is my belief that all the people that read our book and listen to this podcast will find help, hope, healing, and freedom while trying to navigate life's struggles. I want you all to know something. No one is immune from life's difficulties, and yet many people are reluctant to talk about their mental health or seek professional help when they're struggling. So what's the next step if somebody wants to get this book, Stacey? It's available everywhere. 
Just search for When Faith Meets Therapy book, and you can purchase a copy from wherever you like to read. This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Life is full of twists and turns, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles that life can bring. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Anthony and Stacy are passionate about getting you connected to a trained and licensed professional counselor. So here's how it works. Visit www.faithcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy and sign up to get the professional faith-based counseling that you deserve. Once signed up, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed until you find the right fit for you. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We all need to talk to someone and Faithful Counseling can help. Again, it's as simple as visiting www.faithfulcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy. Best yet, you will get this special offer for When Faith Meets Therapy listeners. Get 10% off your first month at www.faithfulcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this episode. Stacey has what I like to call mic drop moments in our therapy sessions where she just says stuff and I have nothing to say to it because it's just, it is what it is. It, that, that is what it is. You know, uh, when I'm here in, in LA, a lot of times, you know, we're really right now on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And in Texas, when roaring cars go by, it's like a Ford F-150 or a, or a you know, a, a Mustang or something. In LA, it's Lamborghinis and Ferraris that go zooming by us while we're doing this podcast. And I always think if you went into a Ferrari dealership and you had a Tom Ford suit on and you looked amazing and all this stuff and you wanted to grab the Ferrari off the showroom floor, they don't care how you look. They're going to run a credit check to make sure that you can afford this vehicle. You, they don't, you could look like Tom Cruise walking in there and they are going to do a credit check to make sure you can afford this. What I have not done well in relationships is I have not done emotional credit checks on people to make sure that they um, can quote unquote not not afford or make sure they can make sure they can ma- help maintain our relation our, our friendship. Some people, and it's in because of work they need to do or just because of life, they can't emotionally match or meet you where you need to be met to help maintain your emotional and your spiritual well well being. So I think that a lot of us have to slow down, including myself. We have to slow down when dealing with relationships, it, even when somebody looks the part and is amazing and fun. You have to go. Let me take. Let, let, let me let me take some time to do an emotional credit check on you to make sure that you can be this close to me without it without it draining me. And you do that before you get wildly close and have to go, I have to repo 
<laughs> this, this relationship. Like you do it before you give them your heart. So you don't have to try to repossess your heart because repossessing your heart from a person that you figure out isn't the best for you is heartbreaking. Are there any, are there any practical ways to kind of run that emotional credit check on people? Or is it like, no, just slow down, dude. Like what? Right. So what a lot of us do is we lead with our hearts. Mm. We're like, I like this person, or they're fun, or I enjoy their company. And we don't go check in with our heads. And so the best relationships are the ones that satisfy our mind, our body, and our spirit. Yeah. And I think we all need to make sure that a person is ticking the boxes in all of the areas. Not just the heart box. Yeah. And one of the practical tips I give people is I say, you know, I'm big on lists. Love it. <laughs> Make a list of all of the things you're looking for in a friend or a partner or a job um, and refer to that list. Mm -hmm. And if a person isn't 80% or more of what you have on that list, then I think you need to do some serious thinking about whether or not they deserve to be in your space and even in your life. Wow. That's, 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 it's soup. That's super practical y'all. But when you're dealing with what Stacy mentioned earlier, which leading with your heart in a relationship, which is what I do all the time. And I, I've learned the lesson of um, uh, your heart and emotions do not have intellect. I have learned that lesson uh, a lot, a lot of times in a very hard way. I think the list, as much as it sounds like, am I writing a list as it relates to friendships? Yes, you are. Because it really helps get your mind and logic in it helps get the truth in the leading position and not your heart, which can't think. And it just right. can't think. Right, yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is important is that so many of us aren't conscious about what we're doing. You need to look at who you're spending time with, who you're talking to, the energy that people bring. Because... You know, one of the metaphors I like to use is if now I live in California, so I live near the beach, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm making <laughs> some of you have pain. <laughs> you probably are. <laughs> Anybody you, you in Texas and Arizona right now is like, oh really? Come out here. Nice. But one of the things that you see is when water keeps hitting a rock, it starts to erode the rock, and you get dents in the rock. That's actually how the Grand Canyon was made, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So if I'm right about my geography, yeah. but. But that happens with people, too. And yeah. people who are negative and dysfunctional and toxic, they erode as us as humans. Yeah. They actually can change you. I know people who've been in really bad relationships or who continue living in their family home when they're like adults. And they just say, like, my mood is impacted. It's really hard to be happy, healthy, and peaceful when you continue to be in an environment that is grating on you and hurting you. And so you really literally need to look at where are you spending your time? Where are you laying your head at night? Yeah. And is this good for me? Absolutely. And what's crazy about your water and rock analogy is that some of us, water, you wouldn't look at it and think that it could erode rock. Like it's a rock. You know what I mean? And right. some of us feel like I'm good though. Like this shouldn't, this is not going to mess with me because I'm a rock. Like I, I've done the work. I've done, but over time, it doesn't matter if you're a rock. It, it will, it will start to erode at your well-being, which is a lot of the reason why I came to you initially um, <clears throat> was because I, I was, my heart and my spirit were being eroded. And, and it wasn't at that point, 
it's actually, I would look at it as my fault because I wasn't changing anything about what I was doing. Like that, what yeah. what were you about to say? Oh, I'm You're, just glad you said that because yeah. so many of us think it's our fault, but yeah. our fault is about making the change. Yes. Because they're the difficult people are doing, you know, they're doing stuff wrong. Right, 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 right. Ugh, making the change. Um, I, I want to give the, the people listening as related to relationships, and I know this, you know, in, in a in a podcast of this length, it's hard to get into specifics because everybody listening has different scenarios going on in your life. But generally saying, you 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 always tell me to evaluate your role in a dysfunctional relationship. Like, do you continue to invest your time into people who are hurting you? Do you walk on eggshells uh, when you're around them? Do you set boundaries or speak up when you're being hurt? So is it, would you tell the listeners that that's how it starts? It starts, you have to sit down, get your heart out of the way and get your mind in it and start evaluating this relationship for what it is and do like a cost, a cost, <laughs> cost benefit cost analysis. Benefit analysis yeah. Absolutely. Here's the funny thing. All of us, if you are buying a car, uh, renting an apartment, buying a home, um, looking into a job, hiring somebody for a job, you would assess the situation. You would evaluate it. Yeah. We don't do that with people. Yeah. We don't get appraisal. We, we don't do appraisals on people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, a couple of my clients have made this joke that they're like, I'm going to bring anyone I'm dating to you, my therapist, to <laughs> assess. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get them on your couch so you can determine if they're a good person or not. Or you said that you said that sometimes before, <laughs> especially dating somebody, you should get a permission slip from their therapist that they're ready to pay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. To totally. Are there any other, are there, go ahead. No, oh. I was just going to say, I want to just add, you need to do the same thing when you're looking for a therapist. Absolutely. You should be looking for a therapist like you would be looking for a best friend or a romantic partner, someone who is a good fit. So we we fall into the same category when yeah. I'm talking about this. I am not excluded from it. I love it. So for those of you listening, we're going to land episode two pr pretty soon, but I want to give you, because man, there's, my brain is full of so much stuff that we can talk about, and maybe we'll, we'll bring relationships back into another one of our episodes. But- Stacey, you say educate yourself about how the toxic person thinks and responds. What, what do you mean when, when you say that? As it, uh, how, when it comes to refocusing your life, yeah. there are a couple beats that you've given. I kind of want to go sure. through those as we land. Toxic there. people are selfish. They're manipulative. They're usually running some agenda that benefits them and not you. And so you want to look for those things. And if you see them in somebody, they need to be rearranged in your life or moved out completely. Period. Yeah. Got it. And then you, you say, find your voice, speak up and set boundaries, which is once you figure out, once you assess, then it's, I got to do, do those things. Is that, is that what you would say? Yes. You know, a lot of us sit idly by and don't say to someone, I don't like that or mm -hmm. that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it sends the message to the other person that you're okay with it. If you don't speak up, people don't know. What you permit, you teach. Yes. That is what you tell me. Yes. So you need to try and talk it out first. And 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 even if the other person doesn't change, you get to hear you standing up for you. Yeah. And sometimes that 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 right there can create a shift in the relationship and save the relationship. Like it some people aren't wildly narcissistic. They're just not self-aware. And you tell them, "I don't like this. This is not working for me." And they make a change, which I've I've experienced that. Recently, although it's been hard, I've experienced like, oh, all I needed to do was speak up and stop letting you do this. And then 
the respect level goes up and our dynamic has gotten better because yeah. of that. Yeah, I have a client whose husband was going out every Friday night with the boys. And she just didn't want to make waves because he's a good man. Yeah. And so she said nothing, said nothing, said nothing. And he kept going out Friday night, Friday night, Friday night, Friday night. And one day she just lost it. Mm. She got so angry and was like, how come you are never here on a Friday night? Not one Friday night. Unless it's their anniversary. He would stay home that Friday night. Right. Or her birthday. Or his birthday. (laughs) But that was it. And he was like, what? I had no idea you cared. I've been doing this for the last 12 years. Right. Like, I'm so confused. Yeah. But yeah. it was building up inside of her. Mm-hmm. And once she spoke, he was like, okay, let's work this out. How about I go out every other Friday night unless it's like a special occasion? Yeah. And they, if she would have kept her mouth shut, this would have gone on not just for 12 years, but 25, yeah. 35, 45 years. She would have raged out eventually. Like, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, totally. And um, the, the last little beat that we can hit before we end, before we land this episode is as a part of refocusing, you say, refocusing as it relates to toxic relationships. You say, make a conscious effort to spend time with and appreciate those who bring joy and peace into your life. Stacy has, has done that with me because I can get hyper-focused on scenarios that are hard because I want to make them great. I want to I figure it out. Stacy has been wildly encouraging to go and spend time with the people that just bring you that joy. And I and just the other night I experienced this with some friends of mine and I lo- I mean I literally lost it and just because I I was like you have you you also have this Anthony. You have uh, my my focus was so on on trying to make something better that I was missing I was forgetting about what I actually have that's great. So that is 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 just been been huge for me and for those of us who are kind of tied up in trying to work out the toxic situation, there are moments where you just need to take a break and 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 you, you can't constantly work like that. Take a break. We need to take physical breaks. And as related to relationships, you need to take emotional and mental breaks and get into a space that fills you up. Yeah. And to your point, you need to spend time and energy and redirect towards people who lift you up, who support you, who make you feel good. And by the way, for some people, that's going to church. For other people, it's calling a friend or family member. If you feel like you don't have those people in your life, start working on having them. Because there's nothing better than coming out of a bad experience or dealing with a bad moment or a difficult person and being able to pick up the phone or go get some food with somebody who loves you, cares about you, and accepts you for who you are. Absolutely. The bottom line is that the Lord wants us to be free. He wants us to be free as related to our relationships, not miserable and stuck. Toxic relationships can tear us down, but when we put in these some of these practical things that we've mentioned today, you can get yourself back into a situation where you realize your self-worth and your self-esteem comes back. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to When Faith Meets Therapy. You can go deeper with us on today's episode by picking up a copy of our new book, When Faith Meets Therapy. It's available wherever books are sold. And if you felt like you got something out of today's episode, do someone a favor. Share it with a friend who might need to hear that they can find hope and that there is a practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. This show is a part of the Converge Podcast Network.